0: Guy Collections. Have you heard the news? I mean, I knew they were allegedly involved in a bribery scheme. And being that I don't know too much about bribery, I did not realize it sometimes entails extortion. According to newly uncovered evidence, these guys may have been applying big time force against a prominent Chinese official, getting him to pay up Or else, no joke, this is real, and it should be, and it just might be by the end of the weekend, shaking the political universe. Now, first, the laptop. This is actually apart from the laptop, and we know about the laptop. Three years now, it's been verified as true and accurate by just about everybody. And inside that laptop, a lot of tawdry stuff, right? Oh, the pictures, the pictures. What's with this guy in the pictures? And then the incriminating emails and text messages, like ten percent for the big guy, right? That's uh, that's famous, that's legendary by now. However. Got to consider this. I think it's incriminating, okay? But Hunter actually did not write that email. One of his partners did. They're obviously talking about the president, and Hunter seems in on it. He's CC'd and all this stuff, but he actually didn't write that. There's also this, which Hunter did write, uh, complaining that he has to give 50% of his salary to his father. He's complaining to uh, Naomi Biden, which is either his niece or his daughter. I forgot. But um, you could say, well, that's just Hunter being a jerk. He's just piping off. I mean, he's talking to a family member. I actually believe that he probably had to give his father a big 50 percent commission of everything. But uh, maybe he is just mouthing off. Yesterday from the House Ways and Means Committee, this text message. This thing is more incriminating than anything in that laptop because, well, Hunter is directly pressuring a Chinese official to give him money, and he's threatening that he's going to unleash his father, at that point the former vice president of the United States, on those guys. They're going to take revenge if they don't get their money. It's incredible, and he says he's sitting there right in the room. Uh, I am sitting here with my father, and we would like to understand why the commitment has not been fulfilled. Commitment, everybody seems to understand that that means money. Where's the rest of our money? Next, please. Uh, Tell the director that I would like to resolve this now before it gets out of hand. And now means tonight. Again, like a collections agent. All right. Next, please. Uh, And Z, if I get a call or text from anyone involved in this other than you, Zhang, or the chairman... Uh, what's going to happen? (laughs) I will make certain that between the man sitting next to me and every person he knows and my ability to forever hold a grudge that you will regret not following my direction. Huh, I will. I am sitting here waiting for the call with my father. And yeah, that was all to Henry Zhao, prominent businessman, CCP uh, party member. This guy. (laughs) Pay or else. And this is in July of 2017. According to the House Oversight Committee, the Chinese already paid the Bidens uh, between $1 and $3 million earlier that year. And they split it up among various family members. Hunter Biden's lawyers have actually confirmed that part of the story. So Hunter and his father uh, were all fired up and got the attention of Mr. Zhao because two days later, it looks like everything's under control. We have this. From the laptop. Two days later, uh, my family sends their best wishes and looks forward to playing some golf when the director has time. Ooh, very respectful. And what does Mr. Zhao say in return? Best regards to you, Jim, the president's brother, and the VP. Wow. So uh, this blows out of the water the whole uh, Joe Biden never took to talk to Hunter about business, doesn't it? Remember when Joe told us that?
1: Mr. Vice President, how many times have you ever spoken to your son about his overseas business dealings?
2: I've never spoken to my son about his overseas business dealings. And so how do you know? know? Here's what I know. I know Trump deserves to be investigated. He is violating every basic norm of a president. You should be asking him the question, why is he on the phone with a foreign leader trying to intimidate a foreign leader, if that's what happened. That appears what happened. You should be looking at Trump. Trump's doing this because he knows I'll beat him like a drum. And he's using the abuse of power and every element of the, the presidency to try to do
0: something to smear me. Remember that campaign of decency? Huh? I'm a decent man. Vote for me, damn it. Well, this uh, he's lying, obviously. In my opinion, the evidence seems to suggest that he was why lying wildly, wildly because and now this text message. Wow. All right. So. um, This had to be asked at the White House, okay? It took Newsmax correspondent James Rosen to get the ball rolling. Nobody was asking about it when it was James's turn. He pounced.
3: The House Ways and Means Committee yesterday released documents. Their authenticity nowhere challenged. That included a July 2017 WhatsApp message sent by Hunter Biden to Henry Zhao. a Chinese Communist Party official, which stated in its entirety, and I quote, I am sitting here with my father, and we would like to understand why the commitment made has not been fulfilled. Tell the director that I would like to resolve this now before it gets out of hand, and now means tonight. And Z, if I get a call or text from anyone involved in this other than you, Zhang, or the Chairman, I will make certain that between the man sitting next to me, and every person he knows, and my ability to forever hold a grudge, that you will regret not following my direction. I am sitting here waiting for the call with my father." Unquote. So just a couple of questions about this. First, does this not undermine? Uh, the president's claim during the 2020 campaign and the reaffirmations of that claim by his two press secretaries since then that he never once discussed his son's overseas business dealings with him no and i'm not going to comment further on this
2: james james let me just let me he save you some no, let into me into save. let me save let me save you some breath if you're going to ask about this, I am not address. I don't I know you do more than I'd like you to have. I am not going to address this issue from this podium. I'm just not going to do it. All
4: right. I'm not going to you? do Where it. The
5: Thanks, guys. Have a great weekend.
0: <gasps> wow. That's it. Just going to I'm just going to ignore it. I'm just going to we're just going to pretend it's not an issue. Well, it is an issue. All right. So that's actually the deputy press secretary somehow, Kirby. And then it was Corinne Jean-Pierre's turn. And uh, I mentioned James got the ball rolling and reporters started looking at each other and saying, yeah, what about this text message? In The New York Times, CBS News, they all jumped in.
2: Curly wouldn't answer James's question, though. Are you going to answer the question? Not a reasonable question to ask but the president of the United States was involved, as this message seems to suggest in some sort of coercive conversation for business dealings by a son. Is that something, if he wasn't, then maybe you should tell us. So
4: here's it. the thing, I, and I appreciate the question. I believe my colleague uh, at the White House Counsel uh, has answered this question already, has dealt with this, has uh, uh, made it very clear. I just don't have anything to share outside of my, what my colleagues have shared. Uh, and so I would refer you to him and the D- and the DOJ. Just not gonna comment from I here. Oh. I will, all, what I can tell you is I know that my colleagues colleague has dealt with this, he he uh, addressed this at the White House Council, I just don't have anything else to share. In I just, no? I just, I just answered the, answer the no? question, We're I just to answered to the question, about yes. About yes. yes or
1: no, was the president involved in the Shakedown
4: attempt? Stephen. Stephen. I just answered the question. I just said, no? I just, this isn't, it's not up to you how I answer the question, I just answered the question by telling you my colleagues at the White House Council has dealt with this, and I would refer you to them. Go ahead. I mean, can you just remind us what your colleague said? From the white house Counsel, so we have it i would here. i would refer you to them and they will share their statement with y'all you.
3: It, all right
4: and it goes on like this denial not even a denial
0: statement. i already talked about it i'm not going to talk about it we already talked about it talk to that guy we're not talking about it uh but reporters are talking about it and that's interesting This hasn't happened before in the history of the Biden administration, in the two and a half year history of the Biden administration. They never actually seriously inquired about any of this stuff. So this is significant. It's also significant that we're learning, well, that Justice Department officials seem to be playing defense for Hunter Biden. Now, the uh, House Ways and Means Committee introduced us to this Leslie Wolf an assistant U.S. attorney uh, in Delaware who was part of the team investigating Hunter Biden and his and his tax problems, okay? So she was playing defense for the Bidens, it looks like, and everybody wants to know about her, so we went to Google. Well, this thing came up. I've never seen this before. It looks like the results below are changing quickly. Uh, were they scrubbing her internet history? What was happening here? I've heard of big tech trying to protect Democrats before. Um, and it looks to me like she is a Democrat. Let's go through her resume. What we're able to find out 48 years old, graduated from Columbia law school, worked for Ballard Spar. That's a very Democrat firm. And she actually donated not much money, but some to act blue, totally liberal organization. And her, uh, her husband works at uh, UPenn school of medicine. And, um, look, I mean, she might be biased and, uh, That's kind of a problem. And, well, let's go through what the whistleblowers are saying. AUSA Wolf stated that they would not allow a physical search warrant on Hunter Biden. Assistant U.S. Attorney Wolf interjected and said she did not want to ask about the big guy and stated she did not want to ask questions about dad, meaning Biden. AUSA Wolf had simply reached out to Hunter Biden's defense counsel and told him about the storage unit. Once again, ruining our chance to get evidence before being destroyed, manipulated or concealed. You see, the investigators actually wanted to they knew about this storage unit. They wanted to search it. And before they got a warrant, she allegedly told Hunter's lawyer that it exists and we know about it. So maybe you want to, who knows? There were multiple uh, There were multiple times where Leslie Wolf said that she did not want to ask questions about dad. And dad was kind of how we referred to him. We referred to Hunter Biden's father, you know, as dad. Okay. On October 21st, 2021, AUSA Wolf, Leslie Wolf told us it would get us into hot water if we interview the president's grandchildren. Yeah, I can actually see that. Very reluctant to uh, take on the Bidens, but man, they go in literally guns blazing into Mar-a-Lago. Again, this is all uh, testimony from uh, IRS whistleblowers as told to the House Ways and Means Committee. I think it's a big deal. There are questions for the Department of Justice. The Department of Justice was turning off this investigation every opportunity they could, it looks like. And A.G. Garland, what did he do? Self-righteously defended the
3: institution. We understand that some have chosen to attack the integrity of the Justice Department as components and its employees by claiming that we do not treat like cases alike. Uh, this constitutes an attack on an institution that is essential to American democracy and essential to the safety of the American people.
0: Wow saying that if you're critical of the DOJ, you're attacking democracy, attacking American safety. That right there is an attack on democracy, I think. That actually is dangerous rhetoric. And why are we losing trust in, say, the FBI? Peter Strzok, Lisa Page, you know, remember when they tried to throw the election in 2016? We also had this from the attorney general.
3: You've all heard me say many times that we make our cases based on the facts and the law. These are not just words. These are what we live by. They are the foundation of the way we make these decisions.
0: Yeah, we just don't believe that anymore. And by the way, that woman off to the right there, that is, we believe, uh, Lisa Monaco. And she might be the real muscle there at the Department of Justice. She's the deputy attorney general. And maybe, excuse me, Joe doesn't talk to the attorney general all that much, but maybe he talks to the deputy. Here they are spotted Um, It looks like in the Rose Garden uh, not too long ago. Pretty wild that Hunter Biden got to go to the White House state dinner last night for the prime minister of India. There he is just having a great time with the beautiful people. And as I watched him last night, and we know that he's about to plead guilty to those misdemeanors, although they should be felonies, and we know everything else about this guy. There he is having the time of his life. And what did they put the Trump children through? Let's put this side by side, huh? There he is at a party. And what did they bring Donald Trump Jr. to Capitol Hill for, right? Remember this nonsense? What they put him through? They didn't protect him, did they? They tried to get him. An honest businessman, a good guy, not a criminal. Treated like one as soon as he went to Washington. So unbelievably unfair. And we all know it. And you can all see it. We'll be right back.
2: He loves the Constitution. He fights for what's right. He hates the bad guys. He's a freedom warrior. He's your freedom warrior. Watch Carl Higby every weekday on Newsmax. All
0: right, that's me on my iPad this morning, scanning the fake news, looking for the biggest political story in the world, the new Hunter Biden text message. And, uh... All the stuff from the whistleblowers could not find it, could not find it. What there was way, 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 way down. Same in The New York Times. Actually, I don't think The New York Times had it at all. Uh, This is a huge story. It should be the biggest story in the world. Maybe, maybe, who knows? It could become that. Uh, I'd like to bring in our political analyst, uh, Newsmax, and uh, the world-famous political analyst, Mark Halperin. Welcome back, Mark. Mark, is this story going to take off or what?
5: You know, Greg, when you and I talked about it this morning, I had my doubts. I thought Friday and the press's lack of interest. And as you point out, the major papers playing it low, if at all. But the White House briefing today was very much focused on this. And you had reporters from legacy media asking questions. So look, the attorney general, I think, tried to snuff things out today. We'll see what happens. But your groundbreaking reporting on uh, Assistant U.S. Attorney Wolf. And the question of the credibility of the two whistleblowers, I think, will keep this alive. Eager to see if they'll talk on camera on Capitol Hill or elsewhere, as you know, a written statement, a transcript of a deposition is not the same. And I think if they prove to be credible, as as some who've talked to them say they are, it's going to keep the story humming.
0: You know, I, I I saw the briefing today and I was excited, but I see they really didn't follow up with stories. I think it was almost professional courtesy for James yeah. Rosen more than anything else. Uh, and let's talk a little bit about, um, and thank you, by the way, Leslie Wolf, the assistant U.S. attorney. The whistleblowers said that this is the one who, who slow walked the investigation. Uh, we don't have much on her, but, uh, you know, an Ivy League grad, Columbia, Ballard Spar, the Democrat law firm. And, yeah, she did give money, not much, but some to act blue. You know, that's an organization in charge of getting Democrats elected. Uh, this person should be more famous she is, than she is. Uh, the significance of her, her background, and what the uh, Ways and Means Committee said yesterday.
5: Well, look, the, the accusations are many from the two whistleblowers, but many of them center around her and had very serious allegations against her. One of the things that freaked me out about the media coverage in the last two days is the Washington Post and New York Times stories alluded to her, but they didn't name her, and their background on her was not as good as yours, not as complete as yours, and, and, and we're just getting started to understand. But look, if these guys are not telling the truth about her, she should sue them. They're making very serious allegations, not some misunderstanding, not some difference of opinion about, about things, but they're claiming that she purposely slow walked and, and, and knocked out certain investigative avenues that they thought were not just legitimate, but necessary.
0: Now, in her defense, and I'm actually going to come to her, like, before the raid on Mar-a-Lago, I can understand a a relatively junior prosecutor being a little bit freaked out about investigating a president, whether it's a former president, a future president. I, I can kind of understand that. And part of her seems to be reacting like, uh-oh, you know, the bosses are going to freak out, which in a normal world, in any world, that actually is logical in a way, right?
5: No no doubt, no doubt. But, but given where this is and given the, the nature of the plea agreement uh, and some of the other accusations about what was going on with Hunter Biden, if she wants to say, I, I trade carefully because who doesn't trade carefully when there are powerful bosses involved, let's hear that. But that, that being the explanation is not something we can just assume because she's not speaking about it. And, again, normally prosecutors don't speak about things, except in court. There's a reason for that. But this is an unusual case, in part because you do have these two whistleblowers. And, again, these are not some shadowy Dutch diplomats or, uh, you know, people anonymously quoted in the Steele dossier. These are two career, uh, based on what we've been told, distinguished record employees of the IRS who really don't have any reason to lie. They're, they're risking their jobs. So I'm not saying they're telling the truth, but they're making some pretty serious accusations. And again, I don't see any obvious reason why they'd be making this stuff up. And they have documentation for some of it.
0: I want to get you on this, if you don't mind. Jack Smith, the uh, special counsel looking into Donald Trump, uh, reportedly he asked a federal judge to delay the start of the trial of former President Donald Trump until. December Uh, the judge had already I think pro forma asked for August 14th as the trial date Uh, they're asking let's see Smith here in a filing said it would deny counsel for the defendant uh, and also the government a reasonable time for uh, necessary effective preparation Um, I'm a little bit surprised to see this from him Um, this is more I thought this would be a defense move what do you think of this
5: well I'm going to speculate a little bit based on one conversation I had with an experienced lawyer since this news came out. the Justice Department policy as you know is not to engage in, in indictments of political figures close to an election. I think if Smith can't get this to trial in December there's a good chance that either he or the the courts the federal courts would say, you know what this is too, this is too hot right now let's let the voters decide So my speculation, I don't know this from Jack Smith, but my speculation is he's basically saying the soonest we could do this is probably December, and I need to get this done in, in before the calendar changes to 2024. So my guess is that he basically is saying, hey, August isn't real, but let's all make December real. Let's hmm. do everything we can to make December real, because that may be his last month where he can actually do this because the primaries and caucuses are, are likely to start in January.
0: Mark Halpern, very briefly, if you don't mind, uh look. The New York Times may not be writing the story about the text message and the whistleblower in a responsible way, but you've got great sources. How worried are Democrats, prominent, big time, the donors and the people around Joe Biden about this thing? Everyone else is ignoring it, but somebody's got to realize that this is a problem.
5: They're not as worried about this as they are about the president's age. But in the outer circle, not the inner circle, the outer circle, they do look at this, not just Hunter Biden, but Jim Biden, the president's brother, and say, are we sitting on a ticking time bomb?
0: And uh, if they're still asking that, question, I think the answer is obvious. But uh, wow. Well, thank you very much, Mark Halpern. To be continued, <laughs> you, sir. You bet, sir. And uh, everybody should check out, oh, by the way, Wide World of News. Is that the, uh, yeah, it's a fantastic newsletter and it's available to everybody. Go ahead. It's easy to find on Google by Mark Halpern. Thank you, sir. And we'll be back. Thank you, great. Hey, it's Tony Marino,
2: host of the Newsmax Daily Podcast, your 20-minute daily news update. I have to tell you how the Eden Pure Thunderstorm Air Purifier is making my life Eden better. It uses proven oxy technology that quickly destroys viruses, odors, and mold pretty much anywhere in your home and fast. It's only about the size of your hand, so you can plug it in anywhere. Behind a sofa, behind a bed quickly eliminates odors from trash cans, litter boxes, cigarette smoke, cigar smoke, or whatever, gone. I have one in the kitchen, another in the bedroom. The thunderstorm sends out O3 molecules which destroy odors, viruses, and mold with air so pure you can smell it. And we are loving our Eden Pure Thunderstorm air purifiers. Right now, you can save $200 on an Eden Pure Thunderstorm three pack and start enjoying your whole home again. Get three units for under 200 bucks. Put one anywhere you need clean, fresh air. And if you travel, take it with you for hotel rooms. Simply go to EdenPureDeals.com and put in discount code GREG to save $200. That's Eden, E-D-E-N, PureDeals.com, discount code GREG, and shipping is free.
0: Well, there's Hunter last night, large and in charge at a White House state dinner moving, shaking, hobnobbing, Uh, you wouldn't understand or believe perhaps that a shocking uh, piece of evidence came out just a few hours earlier. And here it is, the text message that should be rocking the world. Hunter Biden uh, apparently applying real serious pressure on Chinese officials to pay up. And he's invoking His father saying that he's going to get mad, too. And the dad is sitting right there in the room. I think it's a huge deal. And I actually believe the mainstream media is starting to catch on as well. Eric Eggers, nobody knows this story like Eric Eggers, vice president at the Government Accountability Institute, works very closely with the legendary Peter Schweitzer. Eric, what do you think about this stuff?
6: Uh, It's a damning indictment of just how widespread the corruption has become in the United States government. I mean, think about this, Greg. You've got a Department of Justice that covers for drug addicts. You've got an IRS that legalizes payments to prostitutes and sex clubs. And you've got a president of the United States whose family is taking money and allegedly bribes from people all over the world in the seediest parts of the criminal underbelly. And yet we're told that none of this is illegal other than misdemeanors and drug diversion programs. It's incredibly terrifying. I think it's a truly unprecedented moment in American history, especially when you consider the fact that you've got a previous president, Donald Trump, facing 400 years of jail time, 37 felony counts for allegedly mishandling documents. Documents, by the way, essentially the same uh, transgression that Hillary Clinton received no penalty for. I don't know what to
0: make of it. All right, but wait a second. (laughs) These text messages to me are, are more damning than anything that was in the laptop. Uh, because it's more explicit. It's basically extortion. We can go through a couple of the slides, but this is a threat. Uh, Joe Biden seems to be there. And even if he's not, it's the same thing. We've established that Hunter Biden was in Wilmington on that date in 2017. Tell me, I know the big picture stuff that you just, but this message right here, is it a game changer?
6: It should be. Uh, It should be for the House Oversight Committee that's looking into this. Because whether it's true or not, you've got the son of the former vice president alleging that the future president will do anything it takes to make sure that money goes to the Biden family. I would say if this is not a smoking gun, it's at least a gun that should be aimed at the Biden presidency. Because, I mean, this is exactly it. We know that there's tens of millions of dollars that have flowed from China To the Biden family and then becomes a question of, well, what is their business model? What are they selling? I mean, remember, we're talking about a guy who was just named in the IRS whistleblower as like he became ensnared in this tax evasion thing because of an investigation into amateur pornography in foreign countries. Like that's who's running the Biden business. And so you've got him making this threat saying, listen, we need payment now. We need commitment or fulfillment of the commitments or everyone in my family, including the man to my left, will remember it. So if that doesn't amount to extortion, I don't know what you're looking for.
0: And it really suggests that Joe Biden is seriously compromised and would explain a lot of uh, his behavior regarding the Chinese. Uh, The lawyer of Hunter has uh, he's actually taking a victory lap because he scored big for his client. And in a way, he did. But the statement on this is a little interesting. Let's go ahead and put up part one, if you don't mind. Any verifiable words or actions of my client in the midst of a horrible addiction are solely his own and have no connection to anyone in his family. All right, that would be the president. I am not buying it. We know that he was talking to all kinds of people all the time, constantly emailing, texting his family. They were talking to him. This does not hold up.
6: It doesn't at all. And it's sort of like a choose your own adventure. Either Hunter is this drug addled addict who can't be trusted and nothing he says makes sense. Or he's this wildly talented artist whose art is allowed to be auctioned off in New York to unknown foreign buyers. He's this incredibly smart businessman. He's the smartest person his father's ever met, according to Joe Biden. And he's allowed to essentially mastermind and be the brainchild behind the Biden family business. Uh, So he's really smart. and He's worth having a seat on the Ukrainian natural gas company, Burisma, because of his pedigree until he's this drug addict that can't be trusted. So make up your mind.
0: Hmm. Part two of the lawyer's statement is also kind of interesting. Let's go ahead and put that up. A close examination of the document. They're talking about the text message released publicly yesterday by a very biased individual raises serious questions over whether it is what he claims to be. I would say that this is a non-denial denial. denial. Uh, It's (laughs) this is what lawyers say. When they don't want to lie, but they want to cast doubt on something, uh, this is a real deal. No one really can dispute its authenticity, it seems.
6: No, I think that's right. Well, you, you can't uh, you can't dismiss the authenticity of it because it fits exactly into the fact pattern of everything else we know. What are they selling? They're selling access to Joe Biden. And why would you buy access to Joe Biden? Because the Bidens will shake you down if you don't pay. And like, why would you buy access to Joe Biden? Because Joe Biden apparently will do something bad to you. I mean, he said the thing to the Ukrainian president. Like, he threatened to withhold funding. This is not the first time that Joe Biden has been connected to a threat with somebody that's got business dealings with Hunter Biden. So it's not like out of left field. It's consistent with the Biden business strategy.
0: Well, behind the scenes, they've got to be uh, panicking behind the scenes. And I know the media, even the mainstream dominant media, media are getting a little bit curious and uh, maybe, who knows, maybe they'll do their job. Uh, We certainly will. Eric Eggers, thank you very much. Uh, Hey, what's that podcast again?
6: It's the drill down with Peter Schweizer. We've been covering this story for years, Greg. It's always great to talk to you, and I appreciate people like you, another serious journalist, that continue to expose the incredible threat to national sovereignty that this Hunter Biden case really under- underlies.
0: Thank you, sir. The drill down. Check it out, and we'll be right back. Are you reading a book? No one. I'm not reading enough. Are you reading enough? I think we should all buy this next book. I am hearing great things. It's called Woke Jesus, the False Messiah Destroying Christianity. It was released, uh, well, just a couple of days ago by Lucas Miles. Lucas also hosts the Lucas Miles Show. It's a great podcast. And he co-hosts the, uh, the Church Boys podcast. Uh, welcome, Lucas. Great to see you. Congratulations on the book. How's it going? Thank you very much,
1: Greg. Appreciate it. Doing great.
0: Uh, all right. Look, the, the title of the book, Whoa, Woke Jesus, the False Messiah Destroying Christianity. Um, that's a great title. That's a heck of a title. But <laughs> do me you. a favor. Give us uh, give us a lowdown.
1: Look, the church has been invaded, and I think that most people are aware of that, but they don't understand it fully. Uh, Marxist ideology has crept into the church. It's been going on really for a while. Marxists are very happy to play the long game. So in this book, I, I sought out to uh, really write the definitive guide to understanding wokeism, how it got in the church, the history, starting really in the 1700s, working its way forward with the uh, progressive ideology creeping in, and then of course, all the modern ramifications of this, and then what do we ultimately do about it as Christians?
0: Let me ask you this, because I am shocked and, um, yeah, I'm going to say appalled that there are gay pride flags outside churches and inside churches. Um, You know, nobody's perfect. I am the least perfect person you'll ever meet. Uh, I mean, and there it is. Um, I just I've got all kinds of things that uh, I don't bring to church with me or they're part of me. Anyway, you know what I'm trying to say here? Why does that have to be in the in? I mean, we, gay people can come to church. We don't have to have a flag there. I don't get it.
1: Yeah, the, the, look, a lot of this is it's rooted in you know, really years to get us to this place. And there's a there's a study within theology called critical theology. It's essentially influenced by critical theory, this Marxist substructure, and it really seeks to sort of dismantle our current understanding of the text in order to bring up new interpretations of scripture. And this is really what we're seeing here. I mean, there's a greater divide today in the church now than there was during the Protestant Reformation over these doctrinal points. And I think it's very important that people are aware, I mean what you're showing here, these are the extremes and certainly they're they're disturbing, they're appalling, they're they're really wickedness just trying to, you know, display itself as some form of holiness. But I think that this is creeping in even at more subtle levels at at everyday churches around town. And so people really have to educate themselves about this topic to make sure that they don't end up in a woke church that's slowly drifting this direction.
0: Can you tell us your story, how you came to um, know Jesus?
1: Yeah. Yeah, look, I, I grew up in a great Christian home. I found Jesus at a very young age, but in my uh, really, you know, kind of late teens and early twenties, I started preaching at seventeen. I was I was enthralled by Christian socialism. I almost became these images that you're showing. In many ways, uh, I was studying it, I was reading about it, I was preaching it, and very fortunately for me, I had some people grab a hold of me, uh, including my wife, and really helped point me back deeper into the into the Word of God and really improve my relate my personal relationship with Jesus. And so. Since that time, I've been uh, uh, preaching at the same church for about 20 years in northern Indiana, and I actually uh, um, lived through the Pete Buttigieg regime here uh, in South Bend. And so that was a big um, you know, wake-up call for us here locally, just seeing how the church was drifting during his time as mayor, and it really got me in the fight here talking about these issues.
0: South Bend, Indiana, yeah, that's where he got his start and uh, ran for president from there. You know, he got a lot of credit as being a Democrat who would talk about Christianity. Yeah. And although I listened very carefully and I realized he was actually only using Christianity as a weapon against Republicans. Like, we can use this as a way to shame Republicans when we think they're being hypocritical. And I just see so few public figures actually talking about the benefits of christianity of which there are it's it's infinite as you know and I don't hear enough people. First of all, am I mischaracterizing how Pete Buttigieg talked about religion? No,
1: look, I, I was warning as early as t- uh, 2012 for people to wake up and take him seriously because I, I, we saw here locally that he was on a mission and climbing the ladder. Uh, I think what we saw from, from Mayor Pete was that for the first time, we had a candidate not just talking about their faith, but they were actually exegeting. Script, he was exegeting scripture along the way and really using Jesus' propaganda to try to you know reinforce his belief in open borders or socialism. Or you know, uh, you know, love is love, sort of you know language, and I think that you know this has been done before. This was done in Nazi Germany uh, by the the um, uh, German uh, church there, who was you know bowing down to the agenda of the Third Reich and using Jesus as a means to you know that Jesus was the great Jewish destroyer and these sort of things. That's propaganda. It was wicked there. It's wicked today. And I think it's very important that we come back to searching for the Jesus of Scripture, the the who is Lord, who is Savior, who died, who rose from the dead. You're never going to hear you know these people. people. People talk about heaven and hell, about repentance, about, you know, forgiveness from sins, the depravity of man. These are core Christian tenets uh, that are really being left out uh, from woke Christianity.
0: By the way, my observations earlier, let me just reiterate, look, I think everybody can and should go to church. It's open to all, no matter who we are or what we've done. I just don't think that our sexual preferences, whatever they may be, should be in any way exhibited in the church. I think that's fair. Fair enough?
1: Yeah, fair enough. And look, we don't get to reinterpret scripture in our own image. You know, anybody's welcome to come to my church. We have people from all backgrounds that come to my church, but you don't get to change what scripture says. You don't get to twist 2000 years of church history just because you want to.
0: Lucas Miles, we should get the book. It's called Woke Jesus, the False Messiah Destroying Christianity. And uh, we'll check out your uh, podcast as well. Lucas Miles, we so appreciate it. Many thanks.
1: Thank you. We'll be right back.
0: So this is Gary Shafley, senior IRS uh, tax investigator, and he's a whistleblower. And in my book, uh, he's a hero. It's tough being a whistleblower. If you come out against a, uh, a Democrat, you could be in real big trouble. But his story is holding up. It was multiple steps that were, were slow walked at the uh, direction of, of the Department of Justice. Had you ever encountered that before? I have not, no. These deviations from normal process, that, and, and each and every time, it seemed to to always benefit the subject.
2: Shapley says he decided to blow the whistle after a heated meeting last October
0: with federal prosecutors. It was my red line meeting. It just got to that point where that switch was uh, was turned on, and I just couldn't silence my conscience anymore. Important man with an important story. I hope he's okay in the long term because... Well, it seems to be open season on these kinds of whistleblowers who come out and with questions about how the deep state, how Democrats are handling things. Remember these FBI agents from a few weeks ago? Um, listen to what happened to them when they complained about, hey, maybe some of this January 6th persecution has gone a little overboard.
5: Due to whistleblower retaliation by the FBI, I've been suspended without pay for over a year. The
0: FBI weaponized the security clearance processes, to facilitate my removal from active duty within one month of my disclosures. The FBI initiated a campaign of humiliation and intimidation to punish and pressure me to resign.
1: The FBI will crush you. This government will crush you and your family if you try to expose the truth about things that they are
0: doing that are wrong. Amazing. Amazing. And so sad. That shouldn't be happening. Now, whistleblowers and tattletales and troublemakers who came out against Trump... They put them on the cover of Time magazine. My goodness gracious. Heroes, the guardians of the year. And Vindman, uh, well, just to get things started, he got a book. And I think he's still in Hollywood. He was on Curb Your Enthusiasm with uh, the creator of Seinfeld. (laughs) He's he's playing himself in television shows. He's friends with Arnold Schwarzenegger. All right. These guys are hanging around. And even his wife has a new career as a suburban liberal podcaster. And they put her on all the fake news shows. There she is to... badmouth Trump. Fiona Hill, another figure in um, one of the impeachment hearings. Um, She clearly had a distaste for all things Trump. Of course, right away again, she gets herself a book. (laughs) Um, looks a little bit different and becomes a fixture on the fake news to talk about, well, how bad Trump is. Uh, Yovanovitch, she's the former ambassador to Ukraine. Uh, She came out, oh, I feel threatened. Oh, this, oh, that. Uh, She was just a political operative for the Democrats. Yes, a book deal and also a fixture on the fake news and a nice little cozy academic spot at Georgetown University. So when it comes to these FBI guys, you just look no book deals no cozy deals with msnbc or anywhere else uh, it's tough for these dudes and i'm really worried but i'm so impressed by these irs whistleblowers that have come forward uh, i wish them all the best and now this remember how fashionable this was yelling at police i mean black lives matter it was all beautiful uh, police, vestiges of the slave patrol, instruments of a, well, of a white supremacy state. Well, unfortunately, that really took hold in our culture. And for some, just the mere sight of a police car could drive somebody to do this. <laughs> see this? Repeatedly ramming a police car. This, in my book, is attempted murder. Obviously. Happened in Los Angeles, and after all of this horrible rhetoric that continues to this day, that police are somehow vanguards of a white supremacy state. And white supremacy, right? America, thoroughly, a white supremacy state. According to
2: the intelligence community, terrorism from white supremacy is the most lethal threat to the homeland today.
4: One of the greatest threats to our national security is domestic terrorism manifested by white supremacists. The most
0: prominent um, threat is the threat of white supremacists. I will say that a uh, majority of the um, domestic terrorism uh, cases that we have investigated uh, are motivated by some version of what you might call white supremacist. He's kind of reluctantly going along with the talking points. There's no data to back this up. None. This is a lie. This is a political game. It's fiction. but uh, It's having a corrosive effect because people out there believe it. It feeds grievance. It feeds resentment. And it ignores real problems like, quite frankly, anti-Asian hate which is real, which is happening like crazy. It's all over the place, and (laughs) no one's talking about it. And, oh, by the way, it's not white supremacy. Quite frankly, um, it's people of color. They tend to be black who are picking on uh, Asian people. Now, of course, overwhelmingly, all people are good, black, white, Asian, it doesn't matter. But this is a thing. It really is. There is a friction between elements of the asian community and black people i you know I, it's awkward but it's a thing and this is awkward as well but it's a thing take a look at this number black on white crime 42.3 times more likely than white on black crime all right i wish the numbers were different i just it is what it is but you can't talk about it for some reason we'll be right back
4: Please make your way to your seats. Dinner will begin shortly.
0: Uh, there's Hunter at the state dinner at the White House for the Prime Minister of India. You know, some people think that he's got it made. I don't think a party like this is actually the place for him. Number one, he's got to stay up late for this, and uh, shouldn't he be home? Um, I don't know. Um, with the kids? I don't know. Am I being harsh? I just don't think that kind of party with that kind of access to people all over the place, that's the last thing he needs. He should be in Wilmington, not Washington, D.C. And, uh, yeah, I do resent it that he's pleading guilty next month to two felonies, uh, two misdemeanors, rather. They should be felonies. And the attorney general is there. That's wrong and everybody knows it. Anyway, hope you had a great week and I'll see you Monday.